right, good to have you back here on Sports Talk. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope all of you had a very happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday, wherever you might have spent it. Ate lots of turkey, uh, lots of stuffing, watched lots of sports. And as we get going here today, um, I have a ton to talk about. My goodness gracious, Adrian Broadus is back with us. Uh, He has been busy. Had a ridiculous set of minor talks on Friday and Saturday. Friday with the basketball team, Saturday uh, with the football team, and you get a little bit of a break, don't you? You get a break at uh, five. You get, you get pretty much a, a little break until Wednesday, and then right back at it after the Battle of I ten from uh, Las Cruces. That's exactly right. And then uh, Saturday, right back at it again. So we got a Wednesday-Saturday format for UTEP men's basketball as they uh, continue to wrap up their non-conference part of the season. Uh, What a big week for UTEP men's basketball. Heading on the road to Las Cruces uh, in the second edition of what could be three games between New Mexico State. So it'll be a lot of fun. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I know Chema's in the house. Chema, welcome back. Uh, just out of curiosity, Chema, what did you, let me hear what the Thanksgiving was like for you in the household. Give me a little breakdown real quick. You know what, Steve? It, was, it consisted of eating food and watching football. All right. Uh, listen, of course you ate food. What are you going to tell me? You starved on Thanksgiving? Um, what was the spread like at the Chema family uh, celebration? Give me a little rundown. All righty. We had turkey. We had Ham, we had green bean casserole. Wow. You can't forget the bread rolls. Turkey, ham, green bean casserole, bread rolls. Sounds like a heck of a meal. Heck of a meal. So you were busy is what it was. How was the turkey conventional in the oven or did you do it special? It was in the oven. Okay. Uh, Adrian, you were in Marfa. Oven turkey or? Yes. Uh, okay. Oven turkey. Uh, I love deep fried turkey. I know you do deep fried mm. turkey. See, is that is that how you did it this year? Oh, my God. Best turkey ever. Best turkey ever. And I'm telling you, it's we got that thing down to a science, an absolute science. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, deep fried it. Um, it was good. Made a little bit of a mess yesterday cleaning uh, the oil up out of the fryer when I forgot that uh, as the oil drained into the back into the uh, uh, peanut oil container, uh, as it starts going down, the oil shifts. I went, I left it outside, forgot about it, had a mess to clean up. That was my fault. That will never happen again. But the meal itself uh, on Thursday was was absolutely incredible. Incredible. I'm so. glad, Steve. I'm glad you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we asked this to a lot of people over the weekend. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick, what's yes. your favorite side like for Thanksgiving? What's your favorite Oof. choice of side? Listen, I've always – I've grown up on stuffing, all right? I like stuffing. Good stuffing is – it could go a long way. But we ate um, a corn and um, green chili casserole that was terrific. Uh, the green bean casserole is always good, too. Uh, there was so much food, Adrian. And then my father-in-law makes homemade cranberry sauce Ooh. with amaretto, which is out of this world. Had oh. that, uh, that is, you can't get enough of that. Cannot get enough of that. So, you know, you start out with the queso and chips and all the other stuff, the appetizers. Then you get into the main dish, and by the time you're done polishing off pumpkin pie and apple pie, you're ready basically not to touch food again for the next uh, pretty much uh, 12 to 24 hours. That's just how it is. You know, I kind of felt like I overdid it on – you know, sometimes when you when it's Thanksgiving, you're just uh, – you're eating, and, and sometimes I felt like I overdid it on, on Thursday, yeah. Steve. Like, I did not eat much at all on Friday, and I, I felt good Man, about that. I get you. Uh, listen, 
We didn't either. We went on the uh, we went on the UTEP charter with the football team to San Antonio. Never done that before. Um, I've been to UTEP road games, never traveled with the team. I guess one of the perks of airing the games with Van Wagner, we get to uh, take some charter trips. I've never taken one in the four years we've done this, so that was my first time. Took Joel, and we had an absolute blast. Absolute blast. With the exception of the second half of the football game, it was unbelievable. But that was Friday. So Friday, we ended up uh, enjoying ourselves uh, out you know, in San Antonio. We got in uh, with the team and then the game on Saturday. Chema, you were there as well. So you can also echo the heartache of every minor fan that either watched the game or went on the trip. I most definitely can, Steve. Oh, my God. I know. That was gut-wrenching. But on the flip side... Kind of a microcosm of the UTEP football season, Adrian, when you really look at how that game went down. Really, I mean, uh, this whole year, uh, this year started, and I, I'm, I'm writing about this right now, 600 ESPN El Paso, about what's ahead, but the season started off with a lightning delay, and when you kind of reflect back on the storm clouds that were there at the Sun Bowl, August 31st, ahead of a sold-out crowd, it, those storm clouds kind of kept coming around uh, for UTEP. You saw some sunny yep. days, you saw some bright moments, like beating Boise State and beating Florida Atlantic, having a chance to go to a bowl game in this game against UTSA. But when you're up 24 nothing and you relinquish a lead like that, there's absolutely no excuse uh, as to you know relinquishing that one right there. Yep, absolutely. I know, I know. Um, listen, I get it. I get it. Um, it's it's so hard to believe um, the whole game, the way it went is just. Um, I don't want to say uh, you know mind boggling because we've seen it happen before almost uh, too often at times, but. You know, when you saw that 24 nothing lead, the first thing you want to say is um, they're not going to blow it. They're going to win this game, and they're going to win it going away. But, Adrian, maybe everybody still had that in the back of their mind. And it stinks when you've got a team like UTSA down 24 nothing, and you can't feel good just because you know that no lead is safe. That's what's so difficult. And it's because it's happened repeatedly. And it's happened with this coaching regime, with the previous coaching regime, with the previous regime after that, or before that. Uh, it's just happened time in and time out. And uh, I, I texted you kind of early. I texted Sal the same thing early, waiting for the implosion. Uh, in the back of my head, I didn't think it would actually happen where they would relinquish a 24 nothing lead, but they did. And it, you could point at various points in the game where, you know, maybe the first half they should have been up 27 to 7 instead of being up only uh, 10 points, 24 uh, to 14. Maybe you mm-hmm. look at uh, you know the, mm-hmm. the offensive face mask penalty or all the penalties out there. But the point is they couldn't execute. They couldn't finish it and close it out when they had uh, multiple opportunities to do so. Oh, 100%. 100%. I know Minor Talk was kicking. We'll play Minor Talk. Uh, the, we'll play the Minor mashup uh, coming up in a little bit. Chema, you go out there to watch the last game, and I can imagine how gut-wrenching it was for you and everybody out there. Yeah, Steve, I was telling Asia and I said I could not sit in my seat for this whole game. I was I was on my feet, off to the side, just watching it, just nail-biting. It was. Did you sit with the UTEP fans? Um, no, so there's a crazy story, crazy story I was telling Adrian. So me and my aunt, our seats were like row four, kind of by where the UTEP cheerleaders were, so kind of low, can't really watch mm-hmm. the game that good. Mm-hmm. So we were seat hopping. 
And so we switched seats like maybe four different times in the first quarter. Did you finally get a seat you were happy with? Yes, yes. But as we were seat hopping, we were in this empty row, like the whole row was empty. And um, UTEP was was doing good. We were cheering for UTEP. We're by a whole bunch of UTSA fans. And there was this lady who is behind us, sitting behind us. And she hops in the in our row and walks in front of us. And she had mentioned something about her seats. So as soon as she came back, the usher came back with her. And he was like, oh, where are your guys' seats? So my aunt was like, you know, like, we're actually like, supposed to be down there in row four, but we can't see, so we moved up a little bit. And then he was like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to, to move away. And then she was like, well, I can move when the owner of the seats get here. And then he was like, no, like, you guys need to move now. And So, so we, you were kicked out. You were kicked out of your good seats because – um, you were making too much UTEP noise, which bothered the UTSA fan. <laughs> well, yes, and then the lady behind us, she's the one that told the usher about our seats. So she, she ratted you out. Yes. She ratted you out. Snitches out here, Steve. Oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. So you went back, you went back to your seats where you couldn't see and had to watch the game from an area that you just couldn't really enjoy. Well, actually, we moved a little bit more towards the 50 because <laughs> where, where that happened, we're at the 35. So oh, we you, actually, you upgraded. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Definitely did. But we, we met a couple of UTSA fans that we became friends with. There you go. That's always the smart way to go. Befriend the fans. Don't make enemies, and it's a lot easier for you. A lot easier. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, listen, we got so much to cover on that game, so much to cover on the NFL this past weekend, so much to cover with UTEP men's basketball, that uh, the women as well, the volleyball season's come to an end. Um, Kenya Teo came to an end, but uh, put up an incredible fight over the weekend, almost uh, advancing to the fourth round of the state playoffs. Adrian, for the next three hours, we are loaded. And then we've got Mario Mocha coming up at 5 o'clock. He's going to talk a little bit about uh, the big one Wednesday night, the Battle of I-10 between UTEP and New Mexico State. Steve, I told you just two weeks ago, uh, forget the start of the season, just two weeks ago, that New Mexico State might be going to a bowl game and UTEP is out of a bowl game, you probably would tell me you're crazy. And and, yep. and maybe the, the more realistic thing was both teams missing out on a bowl game. But the reality is uh, New Mexico State, because of a scheduling issue that it was never resolved, could find themselves into a bowl game is uh, actually really, really interesting this is one of the more fascinating storylines i'm really interested to follow i am too by the way hearing the news about hugh freeze to auburn today do you think do you think his team knew prior to the game with the aggies that he was leaving and that could be one of the reasons why they laid such a colossal egg uh on saturday i don't want to take anything away from new mexico state they creamed them and did something that you know utep fans would kill for but do you think that might have had something to play play with it? Yes, I do. I felt like uh, all over social media, you you heard about Hugh Freeze and all their fans, the Liberty fans, were kind of telling, hey, Auburn, if this is the coach that you're hiring right here, you might want to reconsider that because if he's already checked out at the end of the year, uh, the losing streak that they fell on, you could see the writing on the wall. Hugh Freeze was linked to Auburn and today just uh, confirmed all those uh, early rumors that we heard about. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, we got a lot to cover. Again, um, the minor mashup will be coming up here in a little bit. Excited about that. Excited about our show today out here at uh, Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino. 
getting you ready for Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Here's what we're going to be giving away. We're going to be giving away uh, some great prizes from all that music and video located in their newly remodeled and expanded spot at the Fountains of Farrah, directly below the Best Buy parking lot. I was in there today. They still have some great Black Friday limited edition vinyl that was released on Friday from some incredible, incredible artists that right there is uh, still available. When you walk in, you'll see the Black Friday sales. It was, it was really uh, popping today. And all that music and video, vinyl, CDs, video, gifts, you can discover record collecting, again, at the Fountains of Farah. They're going to be giving us our usual goodies, the history of the Colts on DVD, the Steelers' Super Bowl years on DVD, uh, that also, along with the Steelers and Colts insulated lunch bags, and then we've got the classic keychain bottle openers for both teams. I've got four packs of Rhinos tickets, and I have UTEP basketball tickets for northern New Mexico on December the 3rd. We're going to give it all away at halftime here for uh, Indy and Pittsburgh, which you can watch with us at the Ale House and enjoy three, four, five dollar pints, not to mention $4 Fireball and $5 Jack and Jack flavors. All right, phone calls coming up. We'll get our thoughts on what took place on Saturday. You'll get a minor talk mashup. Twitter is open for business. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. But first, let's go to Charlie One. Kick it off right with our first traffic update of the afternoon. Continue live from the Ale House. 20 past. Mario Mocha joining us here at 5 o'clock. Excited about that. Come on down and get ready, folks, to enjoy... A (laughs) Monday night matchup between Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. I just saw the fake Colin Deaver tweet about Dana Dimmel and UTEP mutually agreeing to part ways. Oh, gosh almighty. How about that, Adrian? Fake Colin Deaver uh, Twitter handles. No way. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I got to retweet this. That's hilarious. So good for you, Colin. It's the ultimate when people uh, try to imitate you. And by the way, Colin's got a blue check mark. This uh, fake uh, fake Colin Deaver doesn't. Although let me see how let me see how they did. Let me see how this Colin Deaver fake account did. Oh, it's good. It's really good. He follows the fake Colin Deaver follows me. I like that. Me too. Oh my god. The goodness. fake Colin Deaver has two hundred twenty three uh, twenty three followers, and he's following eighty six people. Apparently, I'm following the fake Colin Deaver. Wow! How's that possible? I gotta. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and do Colin a solid. I'm gonna report the fake Colin Deaver. Okay? Are you following fake Deaver? No, but he's following me. Oh, he is. Hang on, I gotta. I gotta. I guess I gotta stop following fake Deaver. Hang on one second. Let me. Uh, there we go. I gotta unfollow. All right, I just unfollowed fake Deaver. Man, that is good. That is really good. In fact. I didn't even realize I was following Fake Deaver, and he has so many uh, followers anyway. That's pretty solid. Solid, very solid, actually. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is this is ridiculous right here. It is ridiculous, but funny at the same time. It really is. All right. Um, so uh, let's let's just why don't we just get to the mashup? That's probably the way to do it. I mean, I want to take phone calls. I I want to go ahead and. Uh, and, 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 you know, get the lines filled up and get as many comments in the next three hours as we can. But 
to do this show justice, we got to at least let you listen. We've got awards to give out today, too. We got, um, we'll got. we begin with Gator Richard. First up, uh, I hope the Gator Richard household had a terrific Thanksgiving uh, celebration and a great feast. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? We're doing good. How's your Thanksgiving? It was good. Thanks for asking. Uh, uh, it was, you know, uh, everything I hoped it would be and, uh, and, and more, you know, when you've got uh, family together and everybody's, uh, you know, healthy and celebrating, that's, uh, that's the big key. And that was pretty much what happened. I hope it was the same for you. Yeah, it was pretty good. Friday wasn't that uh, appetizing watching my Gators lose, but, you know, they were competitive. They uh, had a bunch of calls that didn't go their way, you know, the targeting in the first quarter, face mask, you know, the last few minutes of the game. But, well, you know, they're they're playing in Tallahassee. What do you expect? They finished 6-6, six and six, and uh, they'll get a chance to go bowling and then hopefully build uh, build off of that. Um, and, uh, listen, I know it. It happens. You're, you know, you're competitive in a lot of these SEC games, but it's going to take a little time to, to build that program. This was year one. So let's see uh, how next year goes. Yeah, well, they, you know, uh, it's like it's like when uh, we were talking about the last three games of the season. Well, who do they got left? They got Vanderbilt. They got uh, who, who was the other team they they had to play? I forget. Um, they they played Vanderbilt. They played Florida State and South Carolina. South Carolina. Now you saw what South Carolina did, and yep. then you saw what Texas A and M did. You know, Gators played both those teams you know, to a victory, and and then they turn around, learn their lessons from a Gator defeat, and uh, surprise everybody <laughs> the last couple games. I mean, Vanderbilt, we lost to Vanderbilt. And I told you, Vanderbilt's no joke. You know, there's no pushovers in the SEC, but, you know, our Gators lost to Vanderbilt. Embarrassing. Hey, it right. happens, man. It what are you going to do? That's exactly what are you going to do. That's right. So, anyhow, uh, hopefully you guys are done with your honeymoon with this Dimel fella. You know, get rid of him. Notice I don't call him a coach. He'd be arrested in Florida for impersonating a coach. You like that one, I know, so I had to throw it back in there. Well, you've used you've used that one before. That's one of your that's one of your favorites. Let's be honest. That's uh, that right there is is one of your uh, you know one of your go tos, right? The the cardboard cutout fans uh, using the sharpie be on on the UTEP jerseys, you know, so you can cheer for one more game. You know, draw draw diagonal to UTEP. Yeah, you might as well you might as well chuck all the good ones. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I know how you enjoy them all, and and then uh, oh. messing up everybody's name, you know. Yeah, that's that's the, the hardest part is, is when you mess up is. a name. Let's be honest. <laughs> the hardest part when you mess up a name is trying to come up with the most creative way to mess up the name, right? I mean, how many names like do you go through before you finally come up with a good one that you like when you're uh, when when you're really trying to research, you know, how you're gonna how you're gonna well, just slightly make that name a little different. You, you know who James Bond, uh, arch nemesis, is, right? Blofeld? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm not a, a fan of that uh, El Paso Times writer, Bloomquist. Oh, you don't like Brett? Okay. 
Okay, so you know, what what, what do I what do I call uh, what do I call him now? I don't know. What, what are you going to call, call Bloom? What do you, you know? What? Call, do me a I favor. I'm Bloomquest. Bloomquest. All right, Adrian. What do we think of Bloomquest? Uh, I give that a, a six out of ten. I've heard better from Richard. Yeah, I agree. that's inspired. When I have to turn around and explain it to you, you know, you know, I won. Okay. <laughs> How about this? Call call back later in the week. Give me a few other Bloomy choices, and we'll vote on the best one. All right, you've got yeah, Bloom, Bloom Quest. Quest. That's that's it. Eh, I mean, eh. Bloomfeld. Bloomfeld eh. is it. No, Bloomfeld is it. That's just a regular name. Bloomquest. All right. I, I wanted something. I wanted something. Like, you could have called him Doomquest. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, I haven't given any thought either. So, all right, look, Richard, appreciate it. We'll keep moving. We'll get to more calls, including the real Colin Deaver, or is it? Joining us right after Sports Center here at the bottom of the hour as we continue. Thank you very much. 505-6009, our telephone number, as we say hello to the real Colin Deaver. Um, Let me tell you something, okay? Um, First off, I I guess the greatest form of flattery is when uh, someone impersonates you, and uh, that's uh, exactly what happened. Congratulations. I can't believe I was actually following your fake Twitter account until I just saw your tweet today. Well, it was Alex Nicholas, so uh, I don't think it's uh, too surprising that you were following him, given that it's a former member of the El Paso media that covered UTEP that did it. Wait a minute. You mean I was following Alex Nicholas's regular Twitter handle, and he changed it completely just to turn it into you? No, he had a he had a separate account for a podcast that probably had four view, four listeners a week like three years ago. Oh my uh, god! And so he did it. Yeah, he changed it to that. And uh, did he at yeah, least uh, did he so, at least pony up and, and, and admit it to you, or did you have to do some research to find it out? I mean, you, all you got to do because he's. I mean, he was pretty stupid about it. I mean, all you got to do is scroll down three tweets, and you can see a podcast from three years ago that says Alex Nicholas breaks down UTEP. So, uh, <laughs> no, he, and he, yeah, no, I mean, look, he thought it was funny. I don't particularly think it is because. This is cre- like this is my credibility on the line at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, but there was no blue check mark. I mean, you know, it was a uh, yeah. But it was Steve, a- like you know how this goes, man. You know yeah. how this is. Yeah. When I get call when <laughs> when I get a call, you know calls from people at UTEP asking me what the hell I'm talking about, and I don't yep. know what they're talking about. Like that's the thing. So, anyways, I, maybe I'm more upset about it than I should be. But uh, anyway, well, Dana Dimble is still me, the football uh, coach at UTEP. Well, Bottom line, Dana Dimble is the football coach at UTEP. Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> thoughts on on Alex taking over <laughs> Colin's Twitter account and coming up with a fake account and throwing this out there? Well, I don't think uh, – I'm not condoning that for anybody. Like, no one should do something, <laughs> something like that. I'm laughing just uh, of the situation. But uh, I also – I agree with the seriousness behind this that, that Colin mentioned. I also – you know, before we even brought Colin on, before I even knew who uh, who that was, uh, who was impersonating Colin, I reported the tweet. So, uh, Colin, uh, strike a reported tweet uh, in your favor because uh, that impersonation Alex or uh, Puro's Miners Bro as the por- yes. uh, the former podcast uh, with he and Mondo the Monster Medina that one right there uh, yeah just flagged it right there reported it appreciate it dog anyways 
Didn't mean to hijack your show, boys. I just wanted people to know that Dana Dimmel was the coach, and I didn't report that. All right. Listen, you've cleared yourself. If that was my Twitter handle and somebody hacked into that, which probably will end up happening next, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing. At that point, there's nothing you can do. So um, all I can tell you is, again, um, you have already set the record straight. Are you considering going with the real Colin Deaver Twitter handle? Ah, uh, like change? Are you saying change it? Yes, to the real Colin Deaver. Uh, maybe like not the fake Colin Deaver, the way Scott Van Pelt does it. Yes, exactly. Dude, yeah, we should all do that. We should all change our handles. I am already having people texting into the show, calling you a baby for the way you are uh, handling this situation, Colin. Very well, much. Okay, well, they can think that. I mean, look, dude, there's a reason that I was picked for this. There's a reason he picked my account and didn't pick anybody else's. It's because I'm the dude that everybody thinks hates UTEP. That's the trope. We all know this. That's what it is. Wait a minute, wait a, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we got, now, 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 this, now this call is getting even stranger. Who out there really believes that you hate UTEP? Where does that come from? Oh, Steve, you know where it comes from. Listen. You do your job the best you can do. How many people have you blocked I'm just saying, on Twitter? There's a reason. Look, there's a reason I was chosen for this. There's a reason. You, there's a reason. You know what the re- and we all get under, understand what the reason is. You know, we could get Alex on the show and ask him why why he chose you. We can find that out. You I don't want to talk that? to that guy. I've never been anything but good to that guy. All right. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want anything to do with him. I'm done with him. All right. All right. So. No well, listen, I'm going to leave before I get myself in trouble. How about that? Yes, you, you set the record straight. All right, you have set the record straight. I appreciate the, the opportunity to let me set the record straight. Appreciate you, Colin. All right, I got Deaver fever. Uh, apparently, so does Alex Nicholas. He's got Deaver impersonation fever. Is what he has. Do we need to get uh, Do we need to get Alex on the show and uh, have him try to explain himself on this one? Well, the funny thing is before, so so this is funny how this all shaked out. So I reported it while we were live on air. While I was saying that, uh, I reported the tweet and the Twitter account. Uh, I think since you're a verified person, you actually like if the user themselves gets reported, you actually know who reported you. So I got two laughing emojis sent to me by Alex himself, and I was like, "Wait, is this you?" And I asked him that question mark, and he was like, "Yes." I was I was just joking and all this stuff. So uh, oh yeah, God. there you go. There, that's the that's the reason behind all of that. All right. Okay. Well, you know, things things happen, and I understand. I I didn't realize though that it was so deep with Colin, where you know, talking about the uh, the UTEP hatred and, and everything else. Did you uh, did you quite know it was that bad? You know what? I feel like you get hate sometimes. I get hate sometimes. Oh, Maybe please. that people co- think. Yeah. Listen, people think I'm a UTEP kiss ass, which is fine. Hey, man, I've been doing this a long time, um, and you know, at times as I get older. I I see I see things that maybe I didn't see when I was younger. I do, but um, I understand that it's it's part for the course. Listen, you do this long enough, not everybody's going to like you. Some people are going to hate your guts, and they they, they can't stand you. Uh, Tim Floyd feels that way about me. And there's nothing I can do to change that. So you know, it is what it is, man. That's that's part of the territory, right? That's just what you got to you, you just take it in stride and move on to the next one. Yeah, we we get all the time, like on Minor Talk, especially we have. Hey, I don't listen to you guys at all, but I heard about this, and I'm defending these players. Or like I I don't listen to you all at all because you're so negative. Like you you are always so I negative. Know. And then on the other side, I get hey. 
Me and Sal get, oh, you all are such homers. You're not telling it like it is. So, you know what? I, I just chalk it up to the game. It's all good. We, this, is, this is the game that we're playing right here. There you go. I like that. Okay, 20 in front of five. What a, uh, what a show today's been. Holy smokes. Where is it going to go from here? Well, you can uh, help us out with that one, folks. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. We got Mario Mocha coming up 20 minutes from now. Um, and, and a whole lot more to talk about as the sports talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Full phone lines here at 49 past the hour as we continue. 505-6009, our telephone number. Twitter is open, 600 ESPN El Paso. Cesar Esparza tweets the show, Adrian. Sports talk turning into a telenovela today. I know, it is. I'm here for it all, Steve. I'm here for it all. It's awesome. Awesome. He also came up with Bloomingdale's for Gator Richard. That's not bad either. Bloomingdale's. You know. Bloomingdale's is known for high prices, so I wonder how we can relate that to, to Brett uh, and his uh, his comments. i got to figure that one out. Hey, let's go to the phones. We'll begin with Victor, our uh, weekly chat with Victor as he gets ready for the Battle of I-10 uh, coming up on uh, Wednesday night. Victor, you've got to be ecstatic with that cremation of Liberty over the weekend. Oh, boy, I tell you, you know, um, Steve and, and Adrian, I I wanted to make myself two supersized scraper sandwiches like Dagwood Bumstead has in the, the comic strip Blondie. There you go. Good for you, man. Good. Oh, boy. I, I felt like shouting at the top of the mountaintop until I was until I turned blue in the face. Well, you know, that's part of the fun, right? That's uh, I'm happy for you, man. I am really happy for you. Oh, boy. I, I, I felt like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> there you go. Oh Good boy! Good for you. Good for you. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you something, Steve, um, and maybe you can chime in too, uh, Adrian. I don't know. Uh, did you guys listen to the uh, post? Not the post. Uh, the press conference today. Um, yeah, I did not here, catch up, that, up but, but Mario, Mario is joining us here live in about uh, ten minutes. Oh my good buddy, Mario yes. Mocha. I'll send him your yes, best. sir. Yes. I have a question. Um, somebody um, had. Uh, called in on the Zoom, uh, I guess a Zoom member had called in with a question about the basketball team. Uh, uh, you know, even though it was just, uh, suppo- I guess, supposed to be a football press conference, somebody called in with a basketball, and it kind of like caught Mario off guard a little bit, I guess, maybe. It's just by his expressions, you know. How do you get access to a press conference? Well, well, well they, they, had, they, they had it on, um, it, on YouTube, um, oh, I, I, okay. Yeah. I was curious. I mean, you, you've got, you know, you're like the most there. connected fan I've ever, I've ever been around in my life. It's unbelievable. I mean, do you have Mario's home address? Do you ever show up and try to surprise no. him after a day off work and see if he gets Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he okay. probably calls security on me or something. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, you have you arrested. That's exactly. <laughs> there, there you go. No, no, I was going to say somebody had called in – uh, on on a Zoom question, okay, and this was towards the very latter end of the of the conference, and it se- seemed to me like it caught Mario off guard, you know, because I, I don't didn't know. Think well, was... I mean, I don't. We're know. gonna talk yeah. about we're gonna talk all about the basketball game coming up uh, on uh, you know in the next hour. I gotta run, Victor. I've got two more calls to get to before the end of the hour, and I appreciate it. Uh, let me go first to George because I know the other caller and how long he's gonna take. George, uh, go ahead. You're up next. Thanks for the call. How you doing? 
Hey, Steve, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, well, just really quickly, I was really happy. My Thanksgiving came out pretty good. Uh, awesome. I made some oyster stuffing, my specialty oyster stuffing, to enjoy my Dallas Cowboy victory over the New York Giants. Promise me and, next year you'll bring some oyster stuffing to the radio station, George. I want to try that oyster stuffing and, next year, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll send some along. Thanks, uh, man. That also, sounds good. Uh, the UTEP basketball team, uh, the Jim Forbes Classic, did not disappoint. It was three wonderful games that were played to their potential. I mean, I was ecstatic. It, I, I could have hit the... The trifecta had our minors won against UTSA. It would have been just phenomenal. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, my anger and my rant is over. But I'm just glad that, you know, the season ended the way it did. I mean, I'm just glad that we were able to witness some great football games during the, the season. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Totally with you. And the games are great, and, then, and, and, and you're then, right. Steve, Steve, I was, I was going to ask you something. I know yes, that you were a regular of mine at first. Do you remember the sweet carrot casserole? I do. I do. Used to have? Do you remember that? You know, I, I think I have the recipe somewhere. I'm going to see if I can make it for you and uh, send that one along as well. And a baby. I know you probably love something like that. Let me tell you something. You know I, I mean? enjoyed I enjoyed my days at First Cafeteria on the West Side, and I'm happy that you were there for me all those years. That a boy, George. Good for you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love my regulars. I love awesome. my regulars. I miss it. I miss it. I still go to Luby's from time to time because that's about all we've got around here as far as cafeterias go. So, hey, keep up the good work, George, and thanks for getting in today. Thanks for the call in, all right? Everybody. Let me wrap up the hour with Augustine as we continue. Augustine, I don't have a ton of time, but go ahead. You're up. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon, and uh, good afternoon, everybody. Just uh, just a couple of things. And uh, New Mexico has no right, even if they do get another game, going to a bowl game because of the quality of, of whatever they're going to get. Um, I understand they want to go to a bowl game as an exception on a 5-6 and six record, but come on. They should not be going for an exception or anything like that. Number two, uh, I just got off the plane and uh, from Guadalajara. Mm. And uh, can I buy out uh, Can I buy out demo contracts in, in about uh, four months? Because I would have enough, to get uh, them out of there. You might have enough money for that. That would be fascinating. Boy, You'd uh, that, would, that would be something. You know, I wonder how that would go. Adrian, if somebody calls in and, and offers Jim Center X number of dollars to do it, what do you think happens? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like uh, GoFundMe or kind of like a Venmo account like the, that know. would do something like this? I don't know about all this right there. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I'm um, happy ready to flash your, uh, your cash, try to do something. Hey, by the way, the Aggies have defeated Liberty, Lamar, UMass, New Mexico, and Hawaii – and now they're trying to play that FCS game to, to go be qualified at 6-6. Six and six. You're telling me that, uh, you know, if they, if they uh, can't get that game this weekend, uh, you wouldn't allow a 5-6 and six Aggie team to go bowling? No, of course not. Not, not. not even if they get that extra game because at the end of the day, it's what you do in the season. You granted, yeah, that game was taken away, but still, I mean, 
no, 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 no. And and and, and yeah. if they go to a bowl game, I understand the experience of going to a bowl game for the players yeah. and all this and that. But at the same time, I mean, bowl games already, you know, cheap, cheap as heck. So do you want to cheapen them even more? That's yeah, a good point. All right, listen, I got to run. Thanks for the phone call. That was a fascinating call from you, Augustine. You offered a lot there, including uh, trying to uh, shell out big bucks. All right, hour two, right around the corner. We'll do it next, live from the Ale House with the aforementioned Mario Mocha. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. We welcome you back to hour number two of Sports Talk, along with Adrian Broadus, Chema, and now Utep Zay. Steve Kaplowitz with you out here at Border City Ale House. 1506 Lee Trevino hanging with you till 7 o'clock here on a busy Monday night. Getting you ready for Colts and Steelers. We'll have it for you here at the Yale House. Great prize that we're going to be giving away from our friends at All That Music and Video. We've got UTEP basketball tickets. We've got Rhinos tickets as well. We'll give you the details a little bit later. And I'm also going to give out golf today. That's right. I believe I've got golf uh, out at uh, Emer- at. Um, I was going to say uh, Emerald Springs, Adrian. That's how uh, old I am because I remember playing at Emerald Springs. It's now known as Horizon Golf. It's been Horizon Golf forever. Although I can say that I did golf when it was known as Emerald Springs. So Horizon Golf also will be giving away one of those on the program as well. All right. Um, Mario Mocha was mentioned last hour by one of our callers. He could probably guess who. Because the director of athletics for New Mexico State joins us here on the phones to begin hour two of sports talk. Um, yeah, if you had one guess as to who brought you up, uh, it's 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 a, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Well, I would probably guess it wasn't Bernie Olivas. It was probably nope. Victor. It was. It was. Has Victor ever like stopped off in your driveway and waited for you when you've gotten home from work just to try to, you know, get an extra jump on maybe a scoop that he hasn't heard in the last three hours? Well, no, but I do get a lot of text messages and I, I do respond when I'm able. But as you can imagine, Cap, it's kind of been a pretty busy last ten days for me. So busy. So busy that I have only been able to been able to get one text response from you prior to today, and uh, I don't blame you. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I even got that one. I was expecting, I was expecting uh, you to ghost me for the last uh, week and a half. But hey, you at least gave me one response, which is uh, one more than I expected. Well, I'm glad. At least you're, uh, at least you're in the ballpark with Victor. You know, you you may not be ahead of him, but you're close. No. No, I'm not close. Be honest. Victor, I'm sure, has gotten at least seven to ten responses from you since last Saturday, but that's okay. That's Hey, that's, uh, that's par for the course. Um, you have had quite, uh, yes, you mentioned, uh, the um, roller coaster ride, I'm sure, of emotions from last weekend to this weekend and now the football win at Liberty where you are petitioning to go bowling at five and six. Um, you didn't just beat Liberty, you destroyed them, and uh, probably for you and, uh, and, and the football team with Jerry Kill, you can look at how far this team has come since the first week of the season to where they are right now. Well, there's no doubt about it. I said, you know, they, they asked a question, I think it was Rachel Phillips on KVIA, said, you know, what do you think about 
you know, Jerry's, he, she asked Jerry this, what do you think about your turnaround job? And he deflected to the staff. And I said, well, other than Bill Snyder and at Kansas State and the Pied Piper of Hamlin, I don't know who else can leave, have that many people follow him that quickly. Um, you know, it's been pretty amazing when you look at a Liberty team that's already won eight games and beaten BYU pretty, pretty soundly, um, had went on the road and beat Arkansas in Fayetteville. Um, you know, that's a legit team. And um, to beat them by that margin, you know, we were clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, our quarterback, Diego Pavia, you know, got a ton of awards, a helmet sticker, the whole nine yards. So, um, you know, pretty amazing uh, day. And, you know, to win four of your last five. So, um, you know, we really feel really positive about the trajectory of the program. Any regrets, uh, not just to roll the dice and hope that San Jose State had this week open rather than play for the uh, you know for the title game in the Mountain West? It was different when you guys postponed it, and they were on top, and I know it was a risk, but looking at it now, um, you know, do you think you should have just uh, would it have been would it have been impossible to schedule that as a temporary makeup date? It wouldn't have been impossible, but, you know, we were – so, yeah, I think you're 100% right, Cap. I won't run from that, but that's kind of like you're at the blackjack table and you're like, man, if I only would have known, I would have hit or I would have stayed. You know, we wanted a guaranteed game, and we were working with everyone else um, to try to convince them to play us, and, you know, it just didn't work out. So, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but, yeah, and now – you know, they're in a position where they don't want to play us. So, you know, we've exhausted all of our opportunities. But, yeah, if we could go back in time, I would have pressed them to say, okay, let's try to lock in December 3rd. But, you know, they said, hey, look, if we're in the championship game or if we're bowl eligible, then then the, the then all bets are off. Well, that just that wasn't a good enough guarantee for us back then. You know, we thought we would try to everybody else, but it just didn't work out. Well, let me say this, okay? They're already bowl eligible at seven and four. So, correct. Uh, had they played you, yeah, they really didn't have anything else to play for. But for you, it would have been a chance to finish at six and six and and try to really put an exclamation point on the season, which you did anyway against Liberty. Um, what as the NCAA um, oversight committee? What's the timeline usually to try to find out if you'll get the opportunity to go bowling at five and six? Well, you know, right now, so we've submitted a a waiver, an appeal, whatever you want to call it, a letter, uh, along with a letter of support from San Jose State University to the, we sent that to the NCAA as well as the Football Oversight Committee. And that committee is chaired by Heather Like, who's the athletic director at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and there's a lot of guys on that committee that I've known and worked with, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, right now, uh, they will make that decision. And I was on the championship cabinet, so the way it works, you know, the NCA will kind of say, okay, hey, we've got this case, and, you know, all those guys in a room will kind of discuss it, and the NCA will discuss if there's any precedent and so on and so forth. So that will get decided, question mark. You know, they never give you a time, but obviously both selection day is Sunday. So we're definitely going to hear this week, um, you know, if we are, and remember, our ask is basically, in a nutshell, you know, we want to, we believe that five and six is better than five and seven, right? It's better at baseball. It's better if you're shooting free throws. Um, the other thing that we wanted to let them know is there was no one else that would play us 
that we could get to that 12th game. There's a lot of five and seven teams that have played 12 games or six and six teams that purposefully played two FCS opponents. And the NCAA would see them as five and six teams. So we want to kind of be put ahead of that group because we're five and six. And due to the tragic death of the player at San Jose State, you know, that game got canceled. Meanwhile, um, is Valpo a definite no, or can that still happen for this weekend? Okay, so independent of what I just said, we also have another waiver with the NCA, a totally separate waiver. Okay, we realize that Valpo, if that game happens, and if we were fortunate enough to win, that has no bearing on bowl eligibility. We've already played an FCS, and we've beat them. However, we illustrated why we want to play that game. You know, and I could take you through those reasons. A, um, you know, everyone else in the FBS got to play a 12-game schedule except us. We want to have a senior day for our student-athletes. Um, you know, we've sold our season tickets as a six-game package. We have sponsorship fulfillment, da-da-da-da-da. Now, that Valparaiso University has submitted a waiver to the NCA that we support. So that's not our waiver, that's their waiver. We support it, and I would anticipate that we will hear by tomorrow. It really can't be any later tomorrow because you've got to prepare for the team, you've got to get a charter, you've, you know, hotel rooms, uh, and then alert the fan base and all the other stuff that goes into putting on a game. Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. We're chatting with uh, Mario Mocha here on Sports Talk. By the way, speaking of games, uh, you've got one Wednesday, the Battle of I-10, Pan Am Center. I do need to mention that 915 Tours is going to have a UTEP New Mexico State fan bus that's going to uh, pick up at Cowtown Boots at 515 and the UTEP Don Haskins Center at 530. It's a one-day bus party to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, $25 with no ticket each or $44 with a ticket, meaning that if you've already got your ticket, your basketball ticket, and you want to just go on the bus, 25 bucks. If you want a ticket and the bus, it's $44. Um, And if you want to get uh, more information, just go to 915tours.com or call 922-7777 for 915tours. Mario, this has a chance to be a huge one for you on Wednesday night. And um, given the circumstances uh, surrounding the I-25 games being off, this will be your premier non-conference home game on Wednesday night. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, You know, it'll be our first home game in a long time. You know, it's kind of funny. We have such a small staff, and so much of my focus was getting in the waiver and talking to a million people. Uh, My eye isn't on the ball as it normally would be about the magnitude of the I-10 rivalry, so we're we're happy for it. I know that we're selling tickets for it. I would encourage all the – I'm sure Jim Center loves it when all the Aggie fans uh, come down to uh, El Paso and plunk down some money in the Don Haskins Center. I feel the same way. So, um, you know, I'd encourage uh, everybody to come out and, and uh, watch this game in person. Um, it's good, You know, I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, the first game was decided by three points. And uh, I hope we get a tremendous crowd uh, at the ball game. How are tickets pacing right now for Wednesday night's game? You know, I think they're pretty good, Cap. I think almost all the lower level is sold out. I'll have to confirm that with Patrick, who runs the ticket office for the Pan American Center. But, you know, I laugh because Adrian and I were talking about the bus trip and group prices and things like that. 
And then I got a bunch of phone calls on Saturday about 5 a.m. So I kind of <laughs> lost my focus on uh, selling some tickets there. But uh, I do think it's going to be a tremendous crowd. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, Coach Golding has uh, their team uh, on a roll with winning all those games in a row as he had. So I think there's a lot of excitement in El Paso. And, you know, we certainly want to do everything we can to even the series and then have that rubber match uh, at the uh, Sun Bowl Classic uh, later on in December. So I, I think it's going to be a fun ball game to watch with a lot of a spirited play. Well, you split in Vegas, um, you know, and that was uh, the, the games that, that um, you know, the most recent games uh, for the Aggies, and I know they're looking forward to taking on the Miners. And I'll say this, I thought New Mexico State showed up in huge numbers for that game in El Paso a few weeks ago. No, you know, we've been traveling well to El Paso. We certainly travel great to Las Vegas. Uh, I only got a chance to listen to the game because I was in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, for Friday and Saturday. I know we played a really good San Diego team. I think it was 4-1 and one at the time, and we shot the heck out of it. And then we ran into uh, Cal Irvine, who, um, you know, cleaned our clock. But, um, boy, they also cleaned the clock of a ranked Oregon team, too. So they're really good this year. Um, so um, I'm just anxious. I, you know, with all the new guys that we have, um, I always I kind of thought, um, hey, it's going to take some time to gel and things like that. Obviously, we had a, a, a very unforeseen situation take place, um, you know, just, you know, for four or five days before, which really scrambled everything. So, you know, we'll see if the guys have their sea legs under them and, and start learning how to play with each other. You have never dealt with anything like that before, probably in your career, and most haven't in athletic administration. I'll be honest with you, that is something that tests you. It tests uh, really your program as a whole, and I'm sure one of those things where you, you know you just you you hope that it's probably something you never have to go through again. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, you you, you know you get the phone call at like 5 a.m. Um, and then you're wondering, you know, you try to get the accurate information. Um, I think one of the biggest things is the frustration, you know, with the media and the fans because, you know, there's an ongoing and active, you know, investigation. And then there's a lot of privacy rules from a health standpoint, from a student standpoint, a discipline standpoint. So it looks like you're, uh, um, you know, obfuscating or, or, you know, or sidestepping everything, but you've got people in your ear saying, okay, you can't say this, you can't say that. So, um, you try to be available and answer the questions you can, but um, you know at the end of the day, you know you've got 400 young people, and sometimes they make mistakes, and sometimes you know the mistakes are much bigger than others. Um, but you know we were entrusted with uh, 400 young people, and and while you know really disappointed, we're also not going to. Um, you know, we're not going to leave them hanging in the wind, you know, especially when there's an injury situation like that. So, you know, we were super disappointed. Um, you know, I had, you know, uh, talks directly, uh, obviously, with our staff and then the whole team um, and kind of re-reminded them of, of certain things that I won't get into. But, um, you know, while, um, you know, it's still an ongoing situation, um, we've got a lot of the team who, you know, um, did not do anything inappropriate. So, um, you know, we just want to, uh, we thought it was best to, to get the season back on track. And um, the Las Vegas tournament was a big step forward. Between COVID in 2020 and what you dealt with with the basketball team that season, 
and this particular incident. Yes, I'm sure you would like to just go back to life in uh, as as normal as possible for the Utah basketball for the uh, New Mexico State basketball program right now. That's yeah. Sure. No, you have that. You know, you have a national TV game. You know, against Missouri. You know, a lot of the stuff around the holidays. You know, we have the Las Vegas tournament, and then you go to Liberty, and you know, it was what the second biggest upset in all of college football um, this year, a 24 and a half point underdog. Um, so you're riding high there, and now it's the bowl game, and it's a 12 game so yeah there hadn't been a whole lot of sleep and um like i said you know we've we've kind of really been focused on just a few things so uh, actually having a game will be a nice <laughs> a nice break uh from the administration and from the um um you know from the from the um, uh, 24-7 rigmarole of of all the things i mentioned Fair enough. Mario Mocha uh, with us, Director of Athletics uh, for New Mexico State, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Again, UTEP, New Mexico State, the second game of potentially three matchups coming up Wednesday night out at the Pan Am Center. Tickets are available. One last question. If minor fans want to buy tickets to sit near the team, is their best bet to go through UTEP or is their best bet to go through you? Uh, it's probably half a dozen of one, six of the other. You know, UTEP's bench is right behind section um, um, 122, so they can certainly ask for any available seats in section 122 or 222, right? Those concourse seats are really good, and they are right above where the miners' bench is. Also, you know, um, 121 um, is available um Potentially as well. So, you know, those are the two sections. But, look, um, I think as long as you're in the building, but that would put you directly behind the bench. So you could ask for those two sections. But uh, there's a lot of good available seats. And, uh, you know, I'd like to fill the place up no matter what color. I'd like a lot more crimson. Uh, However, if there's some orange there. I'll be okay with that. Hey, Mario, uh, we had yep. somebody call in off air. Uh, you probably could guess who called in. Uh, and, yes, he has been a, a caller who called in last hour as well. Uh, the caller asked <laughs> uh, asked us if uh, you could confirm that Greg Heyer was sick this morning, and that's the reason why he missed the press conference. Yes, I won't get into the details, but Greg Heyer was definitely sick this morning. Uh, obviously, I'm sure over the holidays and the travel and just all the whole situation. But our hope is uh, he'll be better tomorrow and we'll reschedule his press conference. I kind of was going to do the thing that Coach Kill and I did after he did his at 11. Uh, when he called in the condition that he was, we said, hey, we'll just take your time slot and hopefully he'll feel better and be able to do it tomorrow at 11. I think Victor needs a podcast, Mario. What about you? I mean, you know, maybe he could have like a super fan podcast to get a couple of other NMSU super fans, and they could start doing that on a regular basis because, man, he's checking out the press. You know, he's checking out the the, uh, the, the videos from the media, uh, the media availability. I'm like, my God, Victor. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. So maybe the guy needs his own podcast. Well, you know, as long as I don't have to, you know, communicate on those details when I'm trying to call members of the football oversight committee about our <laughs> and talk to the NCA about our situation, then I'd, I'd be all I'll be all for a, a a Victor podcast. How about that? I love it. I love it. All right, listen, great job, Mario. As always, appreciate the time. We'll look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. All right. All right. Thanks, Cap. Thanks, Adrian. See you guys.
Mario Mocha, folks, as we continue, 22 past, plenty more. i got about another hour and a half of sports talk to get you up till 7 o'clock, live from the Ale House. First, let's go to Charlie One to get this traffic update. 27 past as Sports Talk continues live from Border City Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino. A really, really interesting question was posed from Poncho on Twitter, at 600 ESPN El Paso. Looking at both football programs, Poncho tweeted, which one has a brighter future, NMSU or UTEP? Now, that is fascinating to me, Adrian, because the you know the Aggies in Jerry Kill's first season finished five and six, and UTEP this year was five and seven. But I look at the Aggies' season the way it went; they were really not competitive against Minnesota. Wisconsin drilled them. FIU dominated them, as did Missouri. Okay, so in the losses, they were pretty decisive losses. Although, hey, you beat Hawaii, New Mexico, UMass, Lamar, and Liberty in year one of Jerry Kill's team with that mess of a roster that he took over, you have to be excited about the future of what Jerry Kill is going to do out at New Mexico State. I think it's a great question. Uh, I will take a different approach on this. I still will look at, I, I agree with all the things you brought up, but I still look at the future, right? The biggest thing that NMSU is facing coming up in the next year is that they will transition from independent to Conference USA. Now, some might argue that actually might benefit NMSU, especially when it, when we're talking about schedule making and things like that being more consistent. But I think the transition from uh, just going independent to Conference USA is going to be a real interesting one to monitor for the Aggies because now they're going to have to play opponents that they haven't maybe uh, faced in a long time. They're going to have to play the minors in more of a conference setting as well. Uh, I'm curious to see how their transition goes under Kill, even though I do believe he's the right man for the job. The minors are already there. They know Conference USA. Even yep. the, the new group who's right there, they've, been, they've proven that they can make a bowl game in Conference USA. So I'm curious to see how NMSU will fare in this league, and I'm not ready to write off the miners' future just yet. At As shocking that time, might be. At the same time, okay? Let's not talk about UTEP for a second. Let's just talk about Kill. You look at what he's done in mid-majors, in group of five schools, throughout his career. He always seems to know how to push the right buttons to get programs and turn them into winners. Not overnight. Takes a couple years, but, you know, I didn't expect a 5-6 and six season out of Jerry Kill this year. I thought more was going to be, well, with 11 games, 3-8 and eight was more realistic, or even 2-9. and nine. You know, and yet here they are trying to get that Valpo game or appeal the NCAA to go bowling at 5-6. and six. Yeah, it's definitely correct. I mean, and especially, I think uh, Ronnie mentioned this in his call of minor talks. So I'll give him credit, but especially knowing that you uh, that NMSU is doing this with a far less talented roster than uh, anybody would have expected them to to do when they're ta- when we're talking about overachieving. Now, when you're even looking ahead for NMSU and you're looking at some of the guys they're recruiting, three star guys, guys out of high school, guys out of junior college, so they're they're throwing their name out there and they're trying to be uh, known among some of the top teams in this uh, group of five, you know, in the group of five ranks. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, let me say this also about UTEP, because this is also important. Uh-oh, I just saw the clock. We're at the bottom of the hour because we ran late with Mario last segment, so it's 31 past. By the way, if you want to get into the show, 505-6009, as we've hit the midway point of Sports Talk today, 505-6009. Uh, I'll give you my take on UTEP in a moment and where the program's at, but first let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Now, um, let's get back to the topic at hand, which is UTEP football, okay? Um, I think UTEP right now is, from a competitive standpoint, where they were for the majority of Mike Price's time with UTEP. I mean, I always felt that Mike Price was competitive um, after those first two seasons with the Miners, but struggled to um, duplicate or top where he was in 04 and 05. And I always thought the reason that was because of his defense. The offense was always scoring points for the majority of those years. They just didn't have the defense to, um, to put up with the offense. And here, the defense has been good. Um, the last couple of seasons especially, it's just that um, whether it's the mistakes, um, uh, at times, the offense stalling, the clock management, you can talk all you want. But, you know, they're competitive every week for the majority of their games. But they are at a point now where they haven't been able to take that next step. And, Adrian, um, there's no doubt they digressed. Or not they, they, uh, um, they didn't digress. They just uh, underachieved from yeah, – regress is, a, is right. That's the word I was thinking of, regressed from last season. I mean, last season they're seven and five. This season they're five and seven. Any way you want to look at it, as is a regression. Um, and the question's going to be: Will UTEP be able to take that next step in their progression and go from that four or five to six or seven win team to then your eight to ten win team and the program going more in the direction of a UTSA? And not where uh, where we are currently with the minors, and that is a you know that's a that's a tough that's a tough spot right there because you know that as competitive as the minors have been um, this year, when you win five games and you have a sellout crowd and you don't play well in front of all those people, um, and then you draw twelve to you know ten to twelve thousand the final three home games that's not going to generate enough revenue for the athletic department. They have to figure out a way to generate revenue. And right now, um, what we have at this point is not going to get it done. And even though they are much improved from where they were five years ago, it's not enough yet to make that progression to where the program can really generate the kind of revenue they need to. You know, first off for the rev- revenue je- uh, revenue, and, and just kind of like getting more ticket sales, getting fan excitement, I don't know how that, uh, how that turns around, Steve, after the fan base was really sold on this year, uh, really trusting this year's team, and uh, how they came out flat in that first game against North Texas. I, 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 some people might roll their eyes that I keep bringing that up, but that really hurt a lot of those Fairweather fans. Those people who are rolling their eyes at me are, are those fans who are coming to the games no matter what. 
the Fairweather fans are the ones that you're trying to bring back and trying to get excited, or you're just trying to get more buzz here in this city to begin with. Now, UTEP becoming a program like a UTSA, or just taking that next step and just being a, a winning program, that's such a tough thing for this regime, the previous regime, the, yeah. the regime before that. It's so tough to win here at UTEP that I think people take for granted uh, whenever there's success here, uh, just how hard it really is. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So what they've got to do next year is simple. You know, they'll probably have their first game, could be their 9-1-5 game with Incarnate Word, um, and, and try to get a, a good performance before they have to go hit the road to play Northwestern in Arizona over the next two weeks after that. And what they need to do for next season is beat Incarnate Word convincingly, which won't be easy because they've had a good season this year in FCS. Then they need to split against Northwestern and Arizona and win one of those two games before they go and play UNLV at the Sun Bowl on September 23rd. Otherwise, if not, and let's just say they squeak out a win against uh, Incarnate Word and then they lose to Northwestern and Arizona on the road, they're going to come back home to UNLV and have 15,000 fans on September 23rd. Yeah, and unfortunately for UTEP, that's the, a position they don't want to be in. And you can blame schedule making or whatever. But the bottom line is, you just have to take uh, the necessary steps in order to actually win some of those games. And maybe it's not against Power 5, but maybe it's winning against a, F- a strong FCS team like Incarnate Word convincingly. Not like, hey, you're squeaking by with a 20-13 to yep. 13 victory. No, you're, you're winning convincingly. And if they lose that first one, I mean, f- forget about it, right? I, I, this is an uphill battle from there to try to draw attention and try try to draw more fans. Incarnate Word is 7th in FCS in the coaches poll, which came out today by the way, Adrian. They're 10 and 1. 7th in the coaches poll in FCS. And that's going to be their leading. That's that's their that is supposed to be the gimme game to start next season. You know, it's so interesting, uh, yeah. Steve. Incarnate Word this past year beat Nevada. So they have they have experience beating FBS opponents as well. Really interesting. In fact, their only loss this season came against Southeast Louisiana, 41-35. But you're right. They, they hung 55 on Nevada. They hung 56 on Lamar. And, you know, you look at what they've done this year. 66, 73, 70. 49, 56, 48, 35, 64, 55. Those are their offensive numbers in these games, Adrian. They're averaging about 45, 50 a game. Give a lot of credit to uh, former minor quarterback Mac Lefwich, the offensive coordinator at Incarnate Word. How about that, Steve? He's uh, leading that offense right now. Uh, I believe their head coach, uh, G.J. Uh, Kinney, I guess that's his name. That's how you pronounce it. Um, that He is somebody who is definitely going to be rumored for some of these uh, upgraded FBS jobs. We've heard of some well, uh, openings that are going on right now across college football, uh, Texas State being one of them. Good news is, is that um – Incarnate Award starting quarterback is a 24-year-old senior who's thrown 50 touchdowns and four interceptions, and Lindsey Scott Jr. could be gone after this season. So maybe that's the only good news if you're UTEP. You don't have to worry about him next season. 
That's a good point. I, I feel like what uh, Incarnate Word has shown over the past uh, recent years is that they are committed to excellence. Like This is a strong team in FCS, so even if they'll lose a couple players, no doubt in my mind they're going to reload uh, for next year. All right, 19 to front of six. Sports Talk will be back with more as we continue live uh, from our home, Border City Alehouse. But before we get to the break and come back, let's get a, uh, another uh, physical athletics fitness tip of the week. Adrian is back with our daily tip. Adrian, what do you have for us? Thank you, Steve, and thank you to physical athletics who remind everybody out there, parents especially, uh, don't don't uh, take sleep for granted. As we all know, sleep is important for all individuals out there. Sleep gives the body time to repair and regenerate from the day before. Make sure you get your sleep. Research uh, so shows that injury rate increases as somebody's amount of sleep decreases. Nothing beats a good night's sleep, and when I started with physical athletics i was so impressed they customized everything specific to me before i got started they assessed my fitness level they developed a workout plan specifically to me and i can now track my progress on an app that gives me workouts and daily reminders it's never too late to start your fitness journey forget a new year's resolution start your fitness journey today with physical athletics with two locations on the far east side out at joe battle and east lake you can get a free one week trial and see why i talk about them all the time all you have to do is call them or text Text them, 915-996-4476. Say you want to get uh, and take advantage of the free one-week trial. It's 915-996-4476 to get started with physical athletics. We're live. Border City Alehouse. Two calls to get to. 505-6009. Let's do it. Domingo, you're first up. Appreciate you getting in, Domingo. How you doing? Fine, Gabby. How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> Thanksgiving was good, Domingo. How about yours? I was good. Cowboy win and some turkey. You can't, you can't beat it. Hey, I've go. been hearing earlier about MSU trying to apply a waiver just to get into a bowl game. Yes. But the real people who deserve to get a waiver is really technically James Madison because even though, yes, they're transitioning from FBS to SBS, but they're nationally ranked, and they have seven wins in Appalachian State. Because, come on, DB, they and them are in the season, and they have a good record. And, yeah, they they only have two wins against FCS schools. And, yes, they lost against Georgia Southern on Saturday, but those guys deserve it. And we have to wait on Buffalo on Friday if they win against Akron. So that way we can fill in the bowls. And the yep. Army yep. will be way too late because of the Army-Navy game next week, so... So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But if NMSU gets the waiver, then, yes, they deserve it. They really deserve it. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for getting in, Domingo. Uh, by the way, looking at James Madison this year, Adrian, they've, uh, they had three losses in a row. Georgia Southern by seven, Marshall by 14, and Louisville beat them by 24. Other than that, they've won their last three games over Old Dominion, Georgia State, and Coastal Carolina. Um, they did beat Middle Tennessee 44-7. They beat Appalachian State 32-28 on the road, and that was a pretty big one for them, and they had no trouble in the Sun Belt whatsoever. 
Very impressed, Steve. Very impressed by James Madison's start to tra- in their transition to FBS. This is so impressive because uh, no one really understands how difficult it is to make that transition from FCS to FBS unless you're one of those programs and schools. And I- I'm sure next year when we inherit in Conference USA three different schools out of the FCS ranks, they will have their own kind of you know uh, growing pains. And for somebody like t- James Madison to just uh, throw Throw away all those growing pains and to start off like this with an eight and three record. They beat uh, Middle Tennessee, who finished seven and five in conference USA, forty four to seven. Just a very impressive start for that program at the FBS uh, stop. Let's go to Rob. He's next up. Sports talk continues. Five zero five six zero zero nine. Hey Rob, how are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How about you? Fine, thank you, Rob. Um, I wanted to comment on UTEP, but just before because you guys hit on the. The Liberty game, I don't know. Like, I, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion there's going to be some some scandal or something because there's no way a 24-point favorite loses by 30. Uh, 50 what, about if, um, what about if the team enters that game knowing their head coach has gone to Auburn? That's, yeah, but you know what? I've seen, I've seen coaches uh, get fired, and they still get some semblance of an effort, but that, that was straight up just throwing the game. Like, I don't know if you remember the game a couple of years ago. They call it the the game that the Packers threw for McCarthy. Yeah. Um, against the Cardinals. They they had no business losing that game, and they lost at home. But I, I don't know. Something's fishy about that. When you go beat, you beat BYU 41-14, you, beat, uh, you hang with Virginia Tech, and you beat Arkansas, and then you lose to the Aggies by 30 at home. I, I don't know about that. But, um, no, no I, wa- I wanted to comment on the UTEP game. Um uh, even before the, the UTSA game, I felt like regardless of the, the the outcome, that they had no one to blame but 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 themselves because there was four what we consider fifty fifty. I don't consider the North Texas a fifty fifty game because they were a lot better than everyone projected. But uh, it was Rice, New Mexico, Middle Tennessee, and um, there was there was one more in there. Uh, that I felt like at La least of those four Is that games, La Tech? La Tech. Yeah, those four. I think I think if you if you get one of those four, you're in. And you lost all four of the fifty fifty games with your with your offensive line returning, with your running backs returning, and and your offensive line returning. And I don't like I don't see it I don't really see it getting any better than this year, next year. I, I think that first year we were a benefiter of uh, or last year. A benefiter of of a nice schedule, but I don't I don't really see it get any better, unless I hope I hope Demo can um you know swallow his pride and hire a, a true and tried you know offensive coordinator because I I feel like that system's it's not built for success. Uh, look at the UTSA game for UTEP to score, they have to have a perfect drive. Whereas look at UTSA, they can they can score on on the drop of a dime and. You know, you're not doing yourself any favors. Like, yes, you were going to go up big, but was that was that sustainable? I knew UTSA was going to be able to come back. Now, can you can you keep pace with them? And and UTEP couldn't. And you know, they let it get to them. Um, but the San Antonio game was not the reason they didn't make a bowl. I think it was, I think it was just poor performance in those those fifty fifty games. And and honestly, yep. I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it getting any better, man. All right, 
Appreciate the call, Rob. Thanks for getting in. Hey, we got one hour to go, folks, as we continue live getting ready for Indy and Pittsburgh Monday Night Football here at the Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino. Come down, join us, stick around for the game, our halftime giveaways, and uh, all the fun and excitement that we bring with the Ale House each and every Monday night. We'll get the Cowboys update next, and then right back to it, 600 ESPN El Paso. We have the third and final hour with you. Ah, little who as we get you started. We're live, getting ready for kickoff tonight. What do you think of the um, the beard that Joe Buck is sporting these days? Mm. Uh, it's been very controversial, Steve. Uh, interestingly enough, I think that uh, I think he rocks it. I'm a, I'm a Joe Buck fan, so usually the things he does, I'm giving nods to. So I'll, I'll give it a thumb up. He keeps it short. So, and it kind of goes with the rest of his hair. I, I'm not okay with it. People have been, first off, nobody gets, try, I know Colin was upset with uh, with Alex earlier about the tweet that came out, but nobody takes more pressure on social media in the sports world than uh, than Joe Buck. Yeah, he is like, hey, like if you ask a, you know, a whatever football fan what they think of Joe Buck, they're probably going to hate him. Like, yep. and, and that's sad because I, I think he's, I mean, objectively, I think he's one of the best broadcasters, if not the best uh, out there right now in the game. I'm with you. Well, we've got uh, Pittsburgh and Indy out here at Border City L House. So come on down. You could win uh, tea time for two and card at Horizon Golf. We've got UTEP tickets for this weekend's game against Northern New Mexico. We've got four packs of Rhinos tickets. And from our friends at All That Music and Video, vinyl, CDs, videos, and gifts out there at the Fountains of Farah, directly below the Best Buy parking lot, we've got our usual great selection of sports prizes like Steelers and uh, Colts, bottle opener keychains, insulated lunch bags, and DVDs. By the way, I was out at All That Music and Video earlier today picking up our prizes, and I do uh, did get a chance to see a lot of of those Black Friday limited releases on vinyl, as well as even some CDs uh, out there. And if you want them, this is the time to go get them. Uh, you can enjoy and get uh, a head start to your holiday shopping at all that music and video. All right, so we spent a lot of time talking UTEP football in the first two hours. Uh, the basketball team will be playing Wednesday night uh, out at the Pan Am Center. I do have a text in the UTEP, Adrian, to try to find out how many tickets from their allotment do they have left if fans want to sit in the UTEP section at the Pan Am Center. That's a great uh, question. I'm curious to see what they say. A huge game this week was out of practice today. Uh, did hear that Jonathan Dosanchos is actually back and practicing. He is doubtful for Wednesday. They are looking to maybe uh, um, you know bring back Otis Frazier by Wednesday, although he is still questionable. And then as far as Malik Zachary, he was not there today, but I'm told it's not that serious. It's not like uh, he's expected to rejoin the team uh, soon enough. That's good. That's really good. Well, Dos Anjos will be big. Um, I was shocked that Frazier even played on Friday, considering I was. we were told he was going to get an MRI on Monday. Maybe he still got it today, but, um, you know, that was – I was not expecting that at all. And seeing Dos Anjos back at practice, even if he's not ready to go for the Aggies, that's good news to UTEP fans. 
Oh, it's huge news. I mean, Conference USA uh, season is is right around the corner. Actually, closer than we might think, Steve. Middle of December, UTEP opens up Conference USA play against Louisiana Tech on December 13th. That's right around the corner. They've got NMSU this week. They've got DePaul next week, uh, sandwiched in between. They've got a, a, you know, a game that doesn't really matter against Northern New Mexico. And then they've got La Tech. So that's right around the corner as far as conference play. Absolutely right. Uh, by the way, I thought that the Jim Forbes Classic, all three games were very similar. You know that? Miners uh, had big leads against all three teams. They all came back, made them close. One went double overtime, one went overtime, and one nearly went to overtime. And uh, we could all say that turnovers and free throw shooting has really hurt this team, and I don't know if that's going to get better. I mean, maybe the turnovers will a little bit, but... I don't think it's just a good free-throw shooting team, Adrian, and sooner or later it's going to really come back to haunt them in a game they need to have. Yeah, it could even haunt them this week against the Aggies because if the the blueprint on UTEP hasn't been uh, told to a lot of people, it's there. And and the free-throw yeah. shooting has been uh, an issue. I was one of my questions that I asked uh, everybody. You know, Zarek Onyemo was just simply saying, shoot more free-throws. You know, that's, that's the way that they've got to get better is they've got to increase the volume of free-throws that they shoot during practice and during their off time to make sure that they hit those free throw attempts whenever they get to the charity stripe uh but you know aside from those things steve three-point percentage that's been a big big issue for this squad uh, early on into the season they cannot effectively hit them from beyond the arc so i want to see how they improve there i guess the the two areas that you're really happy for utep is that they force turnovers a lot defensively and specifically on defense they guard the three-point line exceptionally well absolutely absolutely and by the way um so, so I don't know if, okay, and this might not be a popular opinion, I don't know if this team's offense is going to improve all year. I will maintain what I've said since the start of the year. I think that they will win with defense. They will win when they out-rebound their opponents, and they just out-hustle teams, and they outwork teams. And I think that's going to be their calling card. I think this team is going to struggle to score points all season, especially if they can't shoot free throws because teams will foul them realizing that they will not be able to make uh, two points on every possession, and that will become a problem. Uh, but I think this team is going to they're – not, they're not a good shooting team, and that's just the way it is. I don't think it gets better, Adrian. I don't. I think this team struggles to score, and they just have to play better defense than their opposition every night out to have a chance to win games. And so far, they've done that. I'll disagree because I don't feel like they've had the continuity in the lineup that they've wanted. They've had Mario McKinney out. They've had, uh, you know, in one game, you have uh, Otis Frazier out from the game because of an injury. They haven't had Dos Anchos back for a while. Uh, you're, you're dealing with all these different lineup changes. No Malik Zachary the past Friday. And the continuity in the lineup has to disrupt things like offense. I mean, if they're not necessarily focusing so much on offense and practice, then the limited opportunities that these guys are getting is so important for them and the the fact that they're kind of shifting in between all these different lineups I want to see this team fully intact I want to see them in December how they've grown from November and become a better offensive team I'm not ready to write this team off yet as as far as getting better on offense well I don't think that that if they struggle offensively I don't think that they're going to lose games I think they're still going to win a good chunk of basketball games and finish in the top four in Conference USA even with a team that struggles offensively because their defense is that good and their hustle is that good and their effort is that good that's going to be their calling card you know sometimes 
teams that are not good offensively can still go to the tournament if they do everything else right and they do all the other intangibles right. Now, they got to protect the basketball better. They can't turn it over. They obviously do need to improve free throw shooting because uh, that is about as easy an opportunity minus a layup or a dunk as you're going to get. But even if this team does not shoot the basketball well all season, if they improve their free throw shooting and continue to do what they do defensively, this is still a team that can win 20 games. It is. I I feel like they're always going to be a defense-first team. They're always going to win games because of their defense, and I think the offense will come along similar to last year. I feel like what we're seeing so far in Conference USA is uh, a very, very deep league. In fact, right now in Conference USA, there's not a single team with a losing record, and I would look at that right there and say, this is a a league where every team is going to be competitive. The Miners at 5-1 right now, Tay Hardy said today in the, you know, at practice, that they feel like they already have a target on their back because they've won five in a row and you know there's been a little bit of hype around this team so instead of instead of being excited instead of being you know celebratory toward it they said that there are a long ways to go from where they want to be offensively and uh, take it from their leading scorer himself Tay Hardy believes that they they can uh, turn things around when it comes to their offense well that's good news that's really good news and um, again I think Tay Hardy can score I and and make his own shot which is so important and I'm not really worried uh, so much about him. I just, you know, I think they've got a lot of guys, uh, again, the turnovers are, are, are something they've got to clean up. I mean, I like Calvin Solomon's game. I like his energy, but you can't turn the ball over five times every game when you're playing in that spot. you got to be better. So those are the things I look at, and he's not alone. Shamar Givens is turning the ball over five times a game at point guard, and that's got to stop. So, uh, Adrian, if they take better care of the basketball, and they shoot and make their free throws, I still think this team will win a lot of games even if they don't shoot the ball well and offensively it continues to be a bit of a struggle. No, I completely agree with that. I think that uh, this will, you know, winning close games, and just to to piggyback off what you said, Winning close games like they did this past week, that's also going to help them in their development of just getting better overall on the court. Absolutely right. All right. Uh, we got awards to give out. I want to hand out awards because I'm, I'm all about the awards today. Um, we can even do football and basketball. Why not, since we're talking basketball, start talking about the minor talk uh, awards that were given out Friday after the win over uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, starting off with uh, our uh, – hot hand of the game, which is sponsored every game by Wind Supply of El Paso. Yeah, this one was uh, was very, you know, you know, we were debating this one going back and forth, but we settled on on uh, in this game specifically, uh, Mario McKinney as the hot hand award recipient. Even though he just put in eight points, we loved what he brought in on the defensive side, having three steals defensively. Mario McKinney winning our hot hand award in this game. Terrific. Uh, Wind Supply of El Paso right now has rebates on eligible champion equipment up to $425. Gives you a chance to stay comfortable all season long since they are the official supplier of champion heating and cooling equipment. You want to learn more? Here's what you do. Go to windsupplyelpaso.com. Under the Find a Dealer tab, hit the Rebates drop-down, and you can see how you're eligible for those uh, champion uh, rebates. And then find a dealer closest to you at windsupplyelpaso.com. Let's also uh, do right now our player of the game, 
And again, some good choices uh, from that win over Corpus Christi. You know, I, I don't want honorable mention is Jamari Sibley because he's been asked to kind of be a, a in-betweener right now, between a four and a three, and I think his role has been uh, pretty solid with this group so far. I think the biggest knock people would have against him is he's too passive at times and not as aggressive as he could be, uh, but he's uh, shouldering a lot, you know, with this group, and I, I think that he definitely deserves some credit, but uh, player of the game in this one, Tay Hardy, 12 points, uh, three of six from the field. He also had a block and a steal in this game, four rebounds, and whenever they needed a bucket, Tay Hardy was their go-to guy in this game. Terrific stuff. Our player of the game for every UTEP game is, again, brought to you by uh, Keats Southwest, leading the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. They also create custom products, including assemblies, brackets, bushings, clips, lead frames, metal stamping, and so, so much more. You want to learn more about Keats uh, Southwest, just go online to KeatsSW.com, click the Custom Products tab, and you'll learn all about what Keats Southwest can do for you and your business. All right, quarter pass. We've got awards to give out from Saturday's game as well. We'll do that uh, right after the break with uh, Charlie One standing by with his traffic update. Charlie, how are we doing? A couple of stories we want to recommend for your uh, reading entertainment on 600ESPNElPaso.com. Adrian's got one. After a 5-7 and seven finish, what's next for UTEP football? Adrian, you always uh, go and do deep diving, and uh, this is no different than what you've done in the past. Uh, you dive into a lot of different subjects, and uh, you also included your minor talk recap, which people can listen to from the uh, game Saturday. That's also there. Uh, during your what's next for UTEP story. Yeah, and I think it's uh, going to be a very interesting offseason. I'm not ready to jump into any conclusions on where this program is heading, both good or bad. I'm waiting to see what happens over the offseason, how things develop, and uh, that's how we can judge next year. I'm judging 2022 as a disappointment, but I'm not ready to write off 2023 just yet. Absolutely right. Meanwhile, I wrote about the transfer portal and how that could tell us a lot about what the roster will look like in 2023. What I mean by that is last year, nine players entered the portal, but the biggest loss was clearly uh, Jacob Cowing. Um, and you also think about who they acquired. Kobe Hilton turned out to be one of the more valuable players, and they got him from Louisiana via the portal. So I'm going to be interested to see who enters the portal from UTEP and if the Miners are aggressive this time in the portal trying to add players or if they stay with the junior college formula that Dana Dimmel's been so comfortable with since he arrived. I feel like when you need to go out and supplement those positions where you need a player right away, that's where you get your Division One transfer. And if you can't get the D1 guy, you go the JUCO route, but the best JUCO player available. Dana Dimmel was very uh, adamant after the game to the broadcast with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Cole Freytag. He was adamant that uh, he believes that this team is very close and tight-knit. That I mean, we're going to have to wait and see uh, as, as to what ends up happening happening with uh, certain players on this team and electing whether or not they're going to stay or, or uh, leave this program. But I found it interesting that among the targeted positions that UTEP is looking for, Dana Dimmel mentioned defensive line, linebacker, wide receiver, running back, and safety uh, as far as their big priorities uh, early on. Are you surprised 
he did not mention quarterback. Yes, I'm very surprised. Although before he mentioned specific positions, he did say we are going to recruit every position. So I, I'll say that maybe it was a little bit of a, a cop-out answer by saying uh, every position kind of saving himself right there, but still is uh, not not uh, saying outright that he wants a quarterback for next year. Well, and that's the biggest question also is when you think about it, does UTEP right now – with guys like um, Kevin Hurley and Jake McNamara feel like they have legitimate players that can't compete with Gavin for a starting spot next year? Or do they need to bring in a more seasoned vet, maybe a D1 transfer, to try to... uh, give Gavin Hardison uh, some competition uh, come spring ball and into the fall? I think it depends on what you're looking for and what your ultimate goal is. If you're if you're committed to your development with quarterbacks, you might stick with current players on the roster or maybe the junior college route because, hey, you hit, you hit on um, uh, Gavin Hardison. You also hit on uh, Calvin Brownholtz is just as far as being a developed player. I'm not saying uh, successful whether or not, but they were developed within the system and ended up being starting quarterbacks for this team. So maybe Maybe they go that route, but if they want a player with proven experience, the only way, the only route to go is the D1 transfer portal to get a quarterback who has starts under his belt and bringing him here to UTEP. I'm so interested to see how they prioritize this, or if they will at all, Steve, they could easily just run it back with Gavin Hardison and uh, and you know be done with that, this conversation. At the same time, when Brownholtz played after Hardison's injury, it felt different offensively than it had prior to now i understand that you were given the question on minor talk the what if game what if gavin hardison uh, was not the starting quarterback this year and calvin brownholtz was we'll never know it's impossible to play that game because you never know the what if game it's it's much easier to do in retrospect than it is uh following a season of disappointment but i will say this the offense ran well on saturday and i thought that prior to the uh, hamstring injury that Brown Holt suffered on that long run in the third quarter. He was running the ball well. He was throwing good enough, and they were putting out. They were. They were. You called it the kitchen sink game, and I agree. I thought the Miners are pulling out all the stops they could to try to win that game, and that's part of the reason they built up that twenty-four nothing lead. They were throwing things out at UTSA that they hadn't seen all season, and we hadn't seen all season. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the Tyron Smith pass to Trent Thompson. That's where I was like, wow, this is the type of game that we're seeing right now. But really, I mean, uh, we saw all the creativity in the offensive play calling uh, this past Saturday. Uh, that I think hurt when it came to things like game management, timeouts, and even uh, false start penalties that UTEP had in their game. Maybe they were thinking a little too hard uh, as far as what was going on offensively. But I, I agree with you with uh, Calvin Brownholtz. The the overall point that you were trying to make Calvin Brownholtz added a new element you'd almost like to replicate that exact uh, player and and try to have somebody you know be recruited to that model for next year at UTEP because hey Calvin Brownholtz joined us in our studio and he mentioned himself this system that Dana Dimmel runs is conducive to a run oriented quarterback who can maybe pass a dual threat quarterback Gavin Hardison is more of a pocket passer and we all know this he he included a little bit of running in his game this year more 
than he's ever done in his in his career. Yep. Uh, but what we've seen so far from uh, from Gavin this year is is maybe a little bit of a ceiling. Like we we kind of know what we get with Gavin Hardison uh, when he's the quarterback at UTEP. We we know what's going on with him, and I, I'm not sure if UTEP in this system particular uh, can take it to another level. Well, and that's the question. And if the system is conducive to Brown Holtz, can they get a player that is even considered an upgrade over Brown Holtz? Is it possible to get a guy that maybe is that same kind of running quarterback, great athlete, better arm, and somebody that can come in here and run it even better? I mean, I'll say this about Brown Holtz. Smart, well, um, well-disciplined, made um, good decisions, and if people were blaming Brownholtz for the loss on Saturday, you're crazy. Number one, I will say this. It was loud in the uh, Alamo Dome on Saturday. Louder than I've heard in a uh, road game in, in UTEP in, in years. And part of that reason is, Adrian, they draw fans. And it's an indoor arena. And when you have fans and it's an indoor arena and you got a scoreboard telling you to get loud, they'll get loud. And the fans absolutely influenced Brown Holtz in that offense all game long. You don't believe it? Ask Meyer about uh, what it was like with that atmosphere because he was struggling all game with those offside calls. Yeah, I don't know if it was like six in total fall start penalties by the center of UTEP and Mayer, but uh, I, I yeah. you know, you know, I'm just man, that is just a brutal game. Like, I don't care how loud it is. There, there's just no excuse in my book, Steve. You got to get the play call in. You don't need to burn timeouts. You have to be ready for things like this. Uh, and I get, you know, maybe this is a UTEP problem. We talked about this off fair but uh if UTEP had kind of a, a a place where they could practice and crank up the volume super loud and kind of get ready for these game day scenarios then they're not making those excuses after the game as to why mistakes happen in loud atmospheres they don't have a bubble I mean where could they do it could they um could they ultimately um you know do it at the uh, Don Haskins Center I mean you, if you don't have a practice bubble how you can't you can't possibly go to the Sun Bowl and try and um, replicate what that was like. You can't. And I, I just, you know, I don't want to play the jealousy game or I don't want to play, hey, look at what they have. But it, it's it's a reality. Look at what other teams in Conference USA have as far as facilities go in terms of indoor arenas. Like UTSA has an indoor facility. Uh, uh, North Texas has the state-of-the-art facility. UTEP does not have the same resources as these schools. And uh, to, to our, all our points here, it's a disadvantage to the minors because uh, they, they simply can't practice in those environments. 100%. All right, as we approach the bottom of the hour here on Sports Talk, 505-6009, that is our telephone number to get into the show. Uh, I, I don't know if it was five or six on Andrew Meyer, but I'll tell you, it was a lot, it was a lot of offside calls. It was, it, was, it was rough. It was rough for him, and, and you could see. And I think he also had a holding call in the same game as well. So it was just one of, those, uh, one of those games more than anything else, one of those games. All right, before we get to our final sports center, I uh, want to tell you a little bit about what program – 33 now past the hour. By the way, uh, one story that was interesting today is the fact that uh, Cade McNamara has entered the transfer portal, the former starting quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. Now, as all of you know, Cade's younger brothers play at UTEP. That's Kyle and Jake. One's a receiver, one's a quarterback. Um, 
Adrian, as much as this would be the greatest transfer portal acquisition in the history of UTEP football, um, I am not holding my breath that a guy that last year led the Wolverines to a college football playoff and will probably get himself a million-dollar NIL deal as a transfer guy is suddenly going to come to El Paso to play with his little brothers the last year or two of his college career. I echo the same sentiment, and I also will say on top of that, look at just the mediocre quarterbacks last year in the transfer portal who landed solid NIL deals and a solid position of where they land, you know, where they ended up. Uh, I'm looking in the SEC right now, Spencer Rattler, who left uh, Oklahoma la- you know, two years ago and then goes to South Carolina this year, 8-4, and four, mediocre, but uh, all the hype all offseason long was how well South Carolina was going to do in the SEC and they've been okay right like they haven't been anything special uh and I think that's just uh, you know uh, another example right there of how sometimes these quarterbacks they'll switch their school and McNamara is going to have all the juice behind him because of that college football playoff run he's going to cash some checks but uh, I don't know what kind you know he's got a ceiling that's the bottom line he's got a ceiling and whichever team takes him is going to have to understand that yeah absolutely and last year you know, he had uh, 2,500 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, also, you know, is not a running quarterback. Um, didn't throw the ball a ton because they're a rush-oriented offense. You're right. But he played at Michigan for three years, and as a result, that's his calling card for success. That's right. He's somebody who's out of the 2019 class, uh, a team to kind of keep in mind, Notre Dame. He initially committed there before he did, elected to go with Michigan. Uh, that that would be something to be, um, you know, kind of monitor moving forward. He's also from Reno, Nevada. Cur- curious to see if he decides to go back to the West Coast. And uh, uh, he also had a former, I believe, a former offensive coordinator, maybe former uh, – analyst or something like that now at Miami so those are some I guess early possible landing spots for Cade McNamara I'm with you on that one I could see a lot of those look he's going power five he's going to go as a starting quarterback and uh, yeah we would love the whole McNamara family to be reunited at UTEP and El Paso but um, I, I just I don't see that happening and I'll say this okay as far as Jake goes I heard terrific things about Jake as the uh, scouting uh, quarterback all season long. People said that he really came a long way, and who knows? Maybe Jake McNamara for him, you know, puts himself in the UTEP discussion next season. That's true, and every time you brought him up to Coach Dana Dimmel, he would also speak very highly of his young quarterback. And, and I, I really liked what we saw from him just in limited reps at practice, although, you know, albeit those are limited right there. Uh, at the quarterback spot, UTEP doesn't have many options on their roster right now who have that proven experience. And maybe their backups also step up. There's Cade McConnell. There's Kevin Hurley, like we mentioned earlier. But that's pretty much it. Zach Rodriguez, a local kid from El Paso High. Uh, I'm curious to see if they recruit a junior college guy, go after a high school uh, quarterback, or maybe uh, get somebody out of the D1 transfer portal. And if not, maybe somebody on this roster could challenge Hardison. It's a really interesting topic to talk about. That's for sure. 37 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Also, what about the news that Deion Sanders confirms he's been offered the Colorado head football coaching job? I'm not surprised. Also, I would think that he he would require the right fit, Steve. I think that Florida makes way more sense for Prime uh, to be out there because that's that's a place he knows and he recruits very well. And I also think that any team that gets him is going to get 
a ton of marketing, a ton of publicity, and it's going to give a lot of hype around a university. So if you're a university out there, you got to be willing to pr- uh, pl- uh, pay the price for Prime. And uh, I'm not sure which universities out there are going to be willing to do that. I'm talking about high-profile universities, not Colorado right here. Well, number one, his alma mater is Florida State. He's not going there. They're 9-3 and three this season. We talked already about uh, Florida being 6-6, six and six, but they just made a coaching change, and they're not ready to scrap that just yet. Um, Miami's interesting because they're 5-7, and seven, uh, but I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, again, another, uh, another storyline to keep an eye on, and I am interested to see if he goes back to Florida like you said. You know what, Steve? One uh, school to keep in mind, uh, Zabe bringing it up, uh, Florida Atlantic. They yep. fired Willie yep. Taggart this past week. He could stay uh, you know, and bring a lot of his uh, his current players. Wouldn't be a lot of, a big move right there. South Florida is also a big uh, spot for Deion Sanders possibly. So South Florida, maybe Florida Atlantic, those are two to look at. Well, can you imagine if he just says no to Colorado and goes to Florida Atlantic? What a uh, what a decision that would be! Just because you're right, maybe that's that's his comfort zone, and he knows that. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't blame him because if you make a name for yourself in Florida, then he can catapult and you know become one of those SEC Florida school head coaches or something like that. No doubt. Final countdown coming up, folks, in our uh, last segment of the show. If you want to duck one in before we wrap it up. 505-6009, not to mention 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and our mobile app powered by First American Bank. Great to have you with us. We'll put a wrap on this next here on 600 ESPN El Paso.